Welcome to MedKinza Talks, your go-to source for bite-sized content in becoming future doctors. I'm your host, Kinza Hussein, and I'm a second-year medical student helping students navigate the ins and outs of one of the most competitive careers. I will be sharing the lessons I've learned and inviting guest speakers to provide real quality advice to help you get into medical school, succeed as a med student, and prepare you to become a future doctor. Want more free quality advice? Subscribe to my YouTube channel and follow me on Instagram at MedKinza, where I post videos and infographics delivering content to you every week. Now sit back, relax, and learn something new. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every week. Hey, welcome. This is episode 15. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Angela. Angela is a first-year medical student at Rush Rush University. She is sharing her journey while helping pre-meds along the way on her Instagram page, at Angela Rutko, R-U-T-K-O, med. Angela has an aesthetically pleasing page and great advice in her captions for pre-meds who are looking for shadowing opportunities or on how to interview, for example. Keep listening if you want to hear more about Angela's stats and path to med school. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me on on today's podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I can't think of anything better to do on a Sunday. Um, I'm so grateful that you're sharing your platform with me. I've been following you for so long, so this is just a dream and my heart is racing, (laughs) but I'm so excited. Yeah, no, of course. And can I just say, I absolutely love the whole look. I love your jewelry. I love like the room set up in the background. You need to definitely give me some tips on that because like, look at my background. It's so boring. I love it. So let me know where you got those shelves from because I really like them. All on Amazon. I just looked up like some aesthetically pleasing shelves. Um, Target has some great little spots. Target has been one of my favorites lately. So yeah, Yeah, a lot of cute stuff in your room. If you guys want to see what she has in her room and how she set it up, it's all on Instagram. Like I really need to work on my aesthetics. So definitely good inspiration there. I feel like now because we have a virtual curriculum, we're spending so much time in our rooms and this is the first time I've ever actually put an effort into my room. So it makes a difference. No, completely. It really does. I was just reading um, a book this morning where it said that you have to be in a productive space. So whether that means being somewhere where, you know, there's not too much chit chat or even like your desk and how you have everything set up should be so that you like sitting there all day and you can get the most work done. So you know, it's really important to put some time and money into your workspace. Mm-hmm. So um, my first question for you is just to tell us a little bit about yourself, some background, what year are you, where are you from, who are you? Perfect. So my name is Angela Rakowski. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a first year medical student at Rush. And a little bit about me, I'm actually a first generation student in America. My parents both immigrated from Poland. And fun fact, I went to Polish school for 14 years. Um, So that was always fun on the weekends when I was trying to be a cool high schooler. (laughs) Um, I'm 23 years old. I did take one gap year um, to go into medical school. I am fluent in English and Polish and currently doing an interview immediate level um, Spanish course um, as an elective in med school. So that's been super fun. And I graduated in 2019 uh, from UIC and now I attend Rush. I am from the Chicago um, area, from the suburbs, and now I'm living in the city to be closer to school. Wow, that's amazing. So Rush is in Chicago. Correct. Mm -hmm. And what year did you come over from Poland? I was born here. My parents immigrated from Poland. Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha. Oh, that's so cool. You have a great background. Um, so 
just to kind of like get to know a little bit, you took one gap year, you're pretty young, you know, compared to other students who decide to go into medical school, which is great. Like that means you probably worked on your application all throughout college. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So you probably, did you start freshman year? Like how did you start that journey? Um, you know what, because I was first generation college student and I truly did not have any guidance, nobody in my family is in medicine. So it really was about figuring it out all on my own. So it wasn't really until like the end of sophomore year, I would say that I really started working towards my application um, in a conscious way. Um, that's when I started to realize like what was important in med school, like what they wanted to see um, in applications, what I was passionate about and kind of like finding a way to integrate the two together. Um, and I knew from a very, very early time that I did want to take a gap year. That was something I was set on because I just couldn't picture taking my MCAT junior year when I was still figuring everything else out. So. No, I'm glad that you knew that for yourself. And I know this isn't written in one of the questions I wanted to ask you, but what was, what motivated you to like have to do so much on your own and kind of guide yourself and be your own advocate? How did you motivate yourself to do that for the whole five years before you got admitted? That's a really good question. I think I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. And I knew in order to achieve, you know, getting into medical school and becoming a physician, I needed a little bit extra time because I found myself actually, you know, not utilizing freshman or sophomore year to the quote unquote perfect way for an application. And I knew in my gap year, I would be able to cover any weaknesses, anything I was extra passionate about. It just gave me that more time to like really be ready. And when I decided on a gap year, it actually wasn't as popular of an idea back then. Um, I know a lot of people did make comments like, are you sure, you know, the med journey is already so long. Are you sure you want to wait another year? But I, I was like, yes, this is what I need to do. It's mentally take a break from school and just really focus on my application. Yeah, and that's really important because I even said this in the last episode uh, that's going live and the next day, but I rushed my journey and I regret that. And I don't know anyone who regrets taking the gap years that they took. And I know a lot of people that took several. And when I started med medical school, I was almost jealous of them that they got to take even like three to five years in between. And they didn't care that they were older because honestly, they fit into the average of our students in our first class. But I was almost jealous. I felt like I was the outsider because I had only taken one gap year and I had been trying so hard to actually not take any because of the pressure from family, from friends being like, oh, you know, exactly what you said, the med journey is so long, like, why would you want to add to that? And that was just the complete wrong perspective to have on it. So um, I want to kind of get to know your stats a little bit when you were applying, if you would like to share your GPA, your MCAT, and maybe some of the extracurriculars that you think really helped you stand out. That's perfect. So I am really open with my stats. I had a 3.8 GPA. My science GPA was around a 3.6 um, because like I said, I did struggle a little bit freshman and sophomore year, especially in the science classes. And so that brought it a little bit down, but GPA wise, I was at a 3.8. And then my MCAT, I took it twice and I actually scored the same exact score both times. Um, so that was really tough for me. It was a 507 both times. Um, it was tough in the sense that, you know, you put yourself through the process, you're like, I'm going to do it again, and then you score the same thing. Um, so I was really, you know, reading SDN and all of that, that really put me down um, because it's not the ideal um, MCAT um, and getting it again, you know, people on SDN say you need a 520 plus to get into medical school. So that was really stressful. Um, I stayed off of those. <laughs> 
good thing you did. It truthfully put me in a dark, dark hole. But um, and for the extracurriculars that I did, I um, there's three things I like took a step back to reflect on my application for this episode. Um, the one thing that I was asked the most about was the mission trip I went on to Peru. And I grew up in a faith based um, Christian household. So service was always something that was really important to me. And so early on, I knew that I wanted to go on a mission trip just to serve and see how that made me feel in a medical setting. So I did that my freshman year of college. And that changed everything to me that that transformed me. I know you hear people say that, but it, it really, really transformed me. Um, we serve impoverished communities in Peru. So we set up mobile clinics and just provided free care and um, education. And that was really asked about in my interview, um, just my reflection on it and what made me want to do it. What did I learn and what did serving a population like that teach me? Um, so knowing that service was for me and knowing that I love science, I found a job as a CNA. Um, my high school offered, I saw that you were a CNA as well. Yeah, for a little while. Mm -hmm. It's, it was a really difficult job, but it taught me more than anything. Um, I was a CNA for about three and a half years and um, my high school offered a free um, certificate. So I did that and I found a position where I worked with um, individuals with Alzheimer's or dementia and Parkinson's. And it was that experience that taught me like the artistic side of medicine through interactions, through patient interactions and clinical setting. Um, and that was really asked a lot about on my interviews. And lastly, um, most importantly, I would say I knew that Rush was my dream medical school for um, several years. And I got involved at Rush directly as a volunteer. I shadowed. Um, I was a research assistant there. And that really stood out to them because it showed, you know, I was dedicated to them. I knew what their mission was. I experienced their mission um, firsthand. Um, I knew their community and all of those factors. So if there's anything I really recommend to anyone listening, if it's possible for you, get involved in your dream program or hospital. Um, don't, don't oversee that. That is one crucial piece of advice I wish someone told me sooner. Yeah, honestly, I wish I even knew that sooner. That's actually really important and not something I thought about because I also didn't have the most outstanding stats when applying to medical school. And my, I'm, I think my MCAT is what really, you know, prevented me from getting into a lot of places. And if you think about it, when you're applying, like they're seeing so many students that they don't know who they are. So they can only measure, measure them based on the stats you've done and any extracurriculars and anything that makes you stand out compared to other people. And you know, not everyone has been to Peru. So that's probably why they asked you about that the most. Mm -hmm. But um, that's really great advice because you wanna network and you want to network within that same med school that you want to go to. So when they see your application come in, not only one are they expecting to see it, but they know who you are, they already like you, and that goes a long way. And not only medicine, but any career you go into, it's all about who you know. I only understood that kind of in the research world. Like, okay, if I volunteer at a hospital, and then it'll be easier for me to get a research position in that same hospital, which will help me kind of just keep scaling up. And I just didn't apply that to a medical school. I didn't even think of it. And so I'm really glad that you shared that advice. And if anyone's listening here and you're still in the early stages, definitely try to get involved in wherever med school you want to go to. Hopefully it's close by. You know, I think it's hard when you don't live there. 
I agree. Yeah, I think what really helped me was the fact that UIC, my college was just a mile away from Rush, so that made it possible. And I realized that it's not possible for everyone. Um, but even if it's just for a summer volunteering something, anything, if you get involved in your dream program, I promise it'll be worth it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. So my university was right across Harvard Medical School. And I'm just kind of thinking now, like, I should have just walked in and been like, hey, this is who I am. Do you guys have anything I can do here? <laughs> Uh, so the next question, oh, I already asked you about your extracurriculars. Okay, so let's move on to your Instagram. I really think you have an awesome Instagram page. It's very aesthetically pleasing. I like the presets that you use, the colors, and I'm just kind of wondering what inspired you to start blogging things on Instagram. That can be a big decision to make because it kind of makes you very vulnerable and a lot of people originally that are following you are people that know you outside of Instagram. So how did you feel about that starting it? I really love that you're asking me this question because I think it's really important. Um, I battled the idea of starting my own like med page for several, several years. Um, just like you said, it's very difficult to put yourself out there in that way. Um, you don't want to come across a certain way and you want to just be authentically yourself. Um, what really got me, I think, when I truly started considering it was when I was applying for medical school. And like I said, I was falling into the SDN, SDN trap, Reddit trap. Um, I saw like the toxicity of social media platforms and what that did on my mental health. And I stumbled upon a few YouTube channels, yours included, and I really liked the realness, the genuineness, um, just showing everything how it is, helping and being like dedicated to help other pre-meds versus here's how I got into med school with a 520 um, MCAT. And so I really wanted to create a page that had not only my successes, but also my failures and struggles and just documenting that journey all throughout. Um, I really, really created it mainly just to, if I help one person, um, I feel like I already made my goal. And it's a nice thing to be able to document and kind of reflect back on how far you've come, and yeah, mainly it's just there for others. It's, it's an outlet for me. I really like using it as a creative outlet, um, but that's the pure purpose is just a passion of mine to help other pre-meds who are struggling because I know what it's like and I know what it's like to not have the guidance. I know what it's like to compare yourself and doubt yourself and I don't want anyone to feel that way. No, I love that. And you know, that's kind of similar to what made me want to start it. it occupied my life. That's what I was doing day in and day out. And I had started this journey as actually I wanted to be a fashion blogger. And then I realized like a fashion beauty blogger. And I realized a couple months into it, that is not my skill set. And I still don't have the best sense of fashion. I don't really know how to put things together too well. So I really appreciate the few people that compliment me on my fashion sense, but I really don't know how to do it. And I would be like sobbing while putting makeup on for a YouTube video because I just didn't know how to do it. I didn't like it, but I realized like, oh, medicine is something I do all the time. Why not share that? And similar to you, I felt like if I have somewhat average stats when it comes to MCAT scores and stuff, then I'm sure there are so many other people out there that also have that. So I'm also wondering when you were applying, I forgot to ask you this, but did you apply to both MD and DO schools when you were applying? So this is actually a really funny story. I put together a list of 20 MD programs and about eight DO schools, and I had the intention of applying to both. And you know how they always tell you that one date you can't forget. That was May 31st for me. They're like, that's when applications, you can start applying. Um, so I opened up my MCAS and 
it was May 31st and I'm ready to submit. And that's when I realized that DO um, programs have a separate application. And, and you can imagine how I felt because I completely um, wanted to apply to both. But this comes, it stems again from the fact that I had no guidance. I was figuring out everything on my own. So because of timing and the financial restraints, I only applied MD, but to anyone listening, research both programs, apply both programs if your end goal is to become a physician. Um, I, that's one mistake I made and I want you guys to learn from it. <laughs> no, you know, it's not even just that you lack guidance. I had some guidance in terms of like other students maybe applying. I guess mine was lacking too, but I did try my best to ask around and, you know, I would ask my advisor, you know, sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that right now, but I felt like when I found out there was a separate application service for DO school, I also found out pretty last minute. Mm -hmm. And I was just so happy that most of the format was the same. And I was like, thank God I can just copy and paste my personal statement. I just mm -hmm. had to shorten it down, copy and paste my activities into there. Maybe I had to shorten it down. I don't remember. Some stuff was different, but a lot of it was the same. Mm -hmm. But you're right. If you haven't financially budgeted for it and you can't afford it, you are left with no choice. So I'm so glad that you were able to still get into an MD program without having to apply to both programs. Like, I'm really just happy that it worked out for you. But I remember when I found it, I was like, is this a fake website? <laughs> like, is this the real one or like a fake website? Is this even the real thing? And it really, it's hard when you don't have mm -hmm. that one person you can go to to ask these questions. Exactly. And then it's just such a complicated process in itself already that, you know, you really have to know all the details, but truthfully, if anyone's listening and you're considering of becoming a physician and you're really, really determined, apply both MD and DO. Um, some of the best people I've ever worked with still to this day happen to LVDO, which just puts a lot of insight into their program. Yeah, no, completely. So my last question for you is, what is one piece of advice that kind of changed your life or, you know, made a difference in your life that you would like to share with everyone today? I love this question. Thank you. Um, so I actually want to read a little quote that I put, um, found that I recently um, came across and it really spoke to me. Um, so I'll just read it. Yeah, it says, doctors spend a lot of time focused on the plan on the future, planning it, working towards it. But at some point you start to realize your life is happening right now. Not after med school, not after residency, right now. This is it, it's here, blink and you'll miss it. And then my own little um, blurb from that is, you are currently living in the moment that you once dreamed of. So for example, I find myself often right now as a first year medical student being like, I can't wait for clinical rotations. I can't wait for M3 year. I can't wait to just feel like an actual, you know, physician. Um, without really appreciating that as a pre-med, especially when I was applying in the application process, waiting for interviews, I dreamed of nothing more than to be a first-year medical student. And that's what I am right now. Um, and I don't appreciate that enough. So that's something I'm still working on. But my piece of advice is, you know, acknowledge where you are, all that it took to get to this path, and really embrace the journey because it's all about the journey. It's not just the end goal. And I wish that I just heard that over and over and over um, as I was applying and all of that because it truly is about the journey. Angela, I love that you said that because <laughs> my entire first year, I did have kind of like the better mindset of that. I was so happy that I just made it. I was so happy that I was a first year. I was like, I finally like reached that goal that I, you know, I had set when I was 
so young, like probably going into high school, like, okay, I'm going to go into medical school. That's my end goal. So I can't even tell you, like, I loved my first year because I felt that way about it. I wasn't worried about the grades I was getting. I wasn't worried about how much I was studying every day. I was just enjoying the process. I liked going to class. I liked sitting there and learning. I liked the friends that I made. And I liked my free time. I liked doing fun things in my free time. And that is just so true. It is about, I definitely did not enjoy my pre-med years trying to get <laughs> to it. So I don't think I could go back and enjoy that journey if I'm completely honest. But once I did get in, I completely agree. It's all about enjoying every present day because, you know, it's going to be a couple of years until you become a physician or an attending or go to residency. Like that's far away. Why would you go through all of this if all you want to do is get to that end goal and then be happy like no and I've met a couple of people that have that mindset they're like I just can't wait till I'm attending and make this money or do this and do that and then I can travel and I'm just like um if you love that you should try to incorporate it now and like build it into your lifestyle because you should just it's a very long road it would be very miserable if you didn't enjoy every day of it and our brains are programmed in such a way that we're constantly wanting more, constantly looking forward to something else, but it's not guaranteed. And that's, that's the truth. And the sooner you accept it and realize that, you really become appreciative of every single moment. I find myself very often, you know, waking up and being like, I'm alive. That's all that matters. I'm alive. I get another day. Um, instead of being like, oh, only 10 more years till I'm a physician. I can't wait. So, <laughs> you know, that's what's going to help you wake up in the morning. Like you should be, you should feel excited to wake up in the morning. And I am really happy that you shared that. That's not something we got a chance to talk about on the podcast yet. So thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah, of course. All right, you guys, if you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, if you've learned one little thing from the show, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review. It means a lot to me and I read them all. Thank you, Angela, for joining the show on today's podcast. I really enjoyed having you here and getting to know you a little bit better. And I hope that our listeners gained a lot of value from the advice that you gave and the stories that you shared today. Thank you so much, Kinza. And I think everyone who follows you is so lucky to have you. You put um, such good purpose and value behind all your platforms and I really appreciate it. And I know I'm not speaking just for myself. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. You guys go follow Angela. Again, her Instagram is at Angela. R-U-T-K-O med. She also has a lot of great advice on there and I find value from her platform. So I know that you guys will too. And that's pretty much it for today's episode, guys. I'll see you in the next one.